to Psalm 81. You may have heard a, a, a similar sermon. I assure you it's not the same the one that you heard. Because the text that we're going to take this evening is quite a familiar one to preachers of the word. And uh, uh, I myself have preached it in the past, but with a slight different focus and uh, emphasis. But tonight, I want to um, preach a message which I have entitled, uh, Matt, you'll appreciate the titles. Matt and I back here, he's always, he's recording these, so um, uh, titles are important, right, Matt? Um, and so I'm always struggling with, with the titles. And um, I, I swung between two titles tonight, Matt, you choose. From I, uh, 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 to give him no rest. It's a reference to God. Give him no rest. Or you can take the more obvious one from the text that we're going to take, uh, Psalm 81, 10. And that is, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Now I prefer either one of those. It doesn't make any difference, so you choose. But let me uh, read this text. There's only 16 verses in the entire um, psalm. And so I'm going to read the entire thing. Putting that text, the 10th verse, uh, in its proper context Sing aloud to God our strength. Make a joyful sound to the Lord of Jacob. Raise a song and strike the timbrel, the pleasant harp with the lute. Blow the trumpet at the time of the new moon, at the full moon on our solemn feast day. Uh, just a moment. Uh, having just finished the book of Leviticus not long ago, uh, we are familiar with all of those kind of things. For this is a statute for Israel, a law of the God of Jacob. This he established in Joseph as a testimony when he went throughout the land of Egypt, where I heard a language I did not understand. I removed his shoulder from the burden. His hands were freed from the baskets. You called in trouble? And I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah. Hear, O my people, and I will admonish you, O Israel, if you will listen to me. There shall be no foreign god among you. I think that's commandment number one. Nor shall you worship any foreign god. I am the Lord your God. We saw that repeatedly in Leviticus. Repeated, repeated, repeated. I am the Lord your God. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Our text for the evening. But continuing on. As always, there are two parts to these messages. That is to say, to the text. But my people would not heed my voice. 
and Israel would have none of me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn heart to walk in their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. The haters of the Lord would pretend submission to him, but their fate would endure forever. What an awful text for unbelievers, eh? He would have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock. I would have satisfied you. May the Lord add his blessing to his precious word. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. It's kind of an unusual text in its graphic nature. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. I'm wondering what you think that means. I'm going to show you what I think it means. But you may well have an idea yourself. For me, it means that you are to not be satisfied with temporal gifts, the things of life that you might have, and not to live a small religious faith. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. It reminds me, uh, uh, I even heard a preacher illustrate this by a uh, nest of birds, you know, little baby birds just hatched and the mama coming in with the worms and the feed and, and opening their mouth as wide as they possibly can while mom tries to shove it down their throats, that kind of thing. It is an admonition to open your mouth wide and interestingly enough, they've already been delivered by some of the most craziest miracles in history. How many blessings have they had? Water from a rock. The parting of the Red Sea. My goodness. And yet he says, open your mouth and I will fill it. And so I want to talk about that a little bit. We are not to be content with just the miracles that we might have seen, as in the case of Israel. And we're not to turn away. But we're to seek after yet greater blessings. I'm not sure, uh, when I judge matters like this, I always use myself as an example. <laughs> so that's a sad thing, Polly. <laughs> that I have to resort to my own self. I sometimes have struggled. I was challenged recently as we taught through the book of James, count it all joy when you fall into all kinds of temptations. What? I shook my head. And as a, a, a believer for the last 55 years, uh, I said to myself, I don't know as I count it all joy. <laughs> and... And so I've, I, even I, have a challenge from the Word of God to look further 
to seek more than merely getting through. The first thing I'd like to say is that oh, I've already mentioned it. Do not be content with temporal blessings. I'm telling you, we live in a day where temporal blessings, that means the blessings of life, okay? You, somebody said, uh, was talking with me the other day and, and said that this man had been in a car crash and if he hadn't had a top-line Cadillac, he would have died. And I said, are you saying to me that I need a top-line Cadillac? <laughs> And uh, well, maybe so, but I'm not. I'm content with my little old Toyota 2006. You saw it out there. I know you stopped to admire it, didn't you, as you were coming in and everything. (laughs) No, it's pretty plain, but it is uh, absolutely worthwhile to me and satisfactory. My kids keep saying, we're going to have to get a new car. And I keep saying, no, let's wait till this one kind of runs down all the way. Uh, but I know that's probably true. We should not be content, though, with temporal blessings. I'm not looking forward to having a top-line Cadillac. I'm not looking forward to any temporal blessings at this time. My eyes are already fixed. I'm at 81, going on 82, infirm. And I'm looking for glory. I am looking forward to glory. A number of my close associates and friends from various places around the nation in New upstate New York and, and in Holland, Michigan and other places have died and gone into the presence of Jesus Christ our Lord. With all due respect to you guys, I want to go to. I want to be there with them. But I don't want you to be content with temporal blessings and be seeking more of them. It's okay to desire the good things of life. Good school for the kids. All of those kind of things, that's good. But not chiefly, not as the main thing. We are not dependent upon the temporal blessings, the worldly blessings that we have. God will provide them as we need them. But we should not uh, be concerned about them, at least chiefly. Spiritual blessings and eternal blessings are far, far greater. To desire those is to, quote, desire God as our portion as the scriptures say it I desire God as my portion God help me to be faithful in that endeavor do not settle for instance for a, a reprieve a mere reprieve from punishment some people say well I've been saved so I don't have to go to hell well that's a pretty low Standard, isn't it? Yes, that's true, but don't settle for that. We received a complete pardon in the work of Jesus Christ. Complete. And we have the right to ask abundant things, spiritual things, 
meaningful things for our families and for ourselves even. Some cautions, however, about asking for abundance. We have to be cautious. Do not ask what is promised. I just watched a sermon by Billy Graham. Don't ask me why, <laughs> but I did. And he said, God, you ask for what God has promised, and God has promised to give you all your needs, not your greeds. That's a good point. And we live in a day of greeds. People want everything. People want that Mercedes Benz for a mere $102,000. I don't know as I care about any of those things, but nonetheless, we are to ask what is promised to, from God. And that which is promised, you can have and have abundantly. I think it is there that when we as Christians are failing in this regard. That is to say, we're, we're being satisfied at much too low a level. The God that we serve provides abundantly for his children, lovingly and abundantly. I mean, I remember the preacher saying, pack down, what is it, what is that phrase they use, pressed together and all that kind of stuff. Our God is great. They're talking about money, of course, the TV preachers. But, uh, but, but God is abundant and he can provide all you need and yea, much more than you would ever need for your enjoyment together with your family. Do not ask for things to display before men, before mankind, before society. Don't do that. But before God. Ask for those things that benefit you spiritually and make you uh, uh, keep the promises of God. Do not desire to be delivered from every single trouble. Don't desire it. You won't be. What's the answer? Why settle? We have troubles, don't we? I know people in this very room have troubles. It's okay. But do pray that good may come from that trouble because that's the promise of God. We learned that in the book of James. My goodness, we all have troubles in this life. It takes an abundant faith to believe that all those bad things that come along are allowed by God for our good. It seems to go against our kind of thinking, but that's exactly what it is. We are not to be satisfied with a little. Do you know the God that you have believed in? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, to, uh, to use a biblical phrase, but he owns the universe. He has a loving abundance. He wants to give you things 
But he asks you to ask in faith. Believing. The person who asked, I've got some people that I deal with on, uh, uh, in terms of faith and saving faith that are not yet believers. Um, I think you could almost convince them that they would like to believe in God if it just means that, that they don't have to go to hell. Well, that's one thing that's true about the, believing, uh, uh, the believer. They don't have to go to hell. But let's not settle for that. God has an abundance of things. He can order you and give you anything that your heart desires if it is taken in faith and for good, godly reasons. Do not settle for little things in our faith. Philippians 1.9 says it very clearly. Pray not only for love that is sincere, for instance. Sincere love. I want to be sincere in my love for Christ. But that which abounds in all knowledge and in all judgment. He wants more for us. And don't just settle for peace with God. It is good. That's a good thing that comes from belief. We have peace with God. But we want something greater. We want a kind of a holy freedom. And communion, close communion with God our Father. And with Jesus Christ our Lord. We want more than just getting in the door. Then there's this. And we have in our church, we are very grateful for a spirit of evangelism. We ought to pray not only what is good for our own soul, but for the souls of others. A question came across. I, I am active on a site called Quora. Some of you know that about that. A question. Do you play, pray for homosexuals? You bet I do. And I know some. And I pray for them. I want good to come to them. But at the same time, I'm going to tell them, you have to repent. You're a sinner. And you have to repent. But God is gracious. And for those who do repent, he is ready and willing to abundantly bless us with all spiritual things. Where I got that uh, uh, second title was from Isaiah 62. Well, let's turn there, um, just so I can read that out. I think it's a pretty good passage. Isaiah 62. Verses six and seven. I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silent 
and give him, that is God, no rest till he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. Don't give him any rest. Don't worry. You won't worry God by your constant requests taken in faith. He encourages you to then and to not give him any rest in your prayer life. Ask all in faith, however, not wavering. That is a tall order. If we believe, John 15, 7 says, we shall receive. It doesn't say we might receive. It says if we believe, we shall receive. Why do we need an enlarged view of prayer to God? Why should we open our mouths wide? Because our needs are great. Would you agree? We have needs in our church. My, my, we are going over the list of those who are... uh, Uh, have difficulties and terrible medical issues and things like that. My goodness, there's cancer. There's all kinds of things going down. We all have needs. We have big needs. They're great needs. The only one that can provide that kind of help is God himself. And yet God says, my supply is abundant, everlasting, infinite that's why we need a broader view an enlarged view of prayer my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Jesus Christ for this is God our God forever and ever he will be our guide and our provider even to death Psalm 48, 14. I want to point you tonight to that God, to that one that answers prayers, that provides infinite blessings to us. How do you know God will bless you? If you ask in faith, unwavering, how do we know? Well, there's a principle. It's actually a a principle that I learned in human psychology. Yes, I studied human psychology. I dumped it when I realized uh, it's ungodliness. But nonetheless, there are some principles. How do you uh, predict behaviors? How do we predict God's behaviors? By what he's done before, eh? Indeed. That's true on a human level. It is absolutely true. The principle is true. I can pretty much uh, 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 judge uh, a person's future behavior by his past behavior. And the same is true with God in a positive sense. What has God done? For this is God, our God forever and ever. He will be our guide and our provider even to death, I read. 
from Psalm 48. That's the one I want to go to. Who has performed and done it, the scripture says, calling the generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, am the first and the last. I am he. We know that what God will do uh, uh, by the record of what he has done in the past. And it's in the scriptures, the holy scriptures. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Our God is a giving God, amen? My, my. On that grounds, Jesus Christ encouraged his disciples to ask for much. It's over in the book of John, chapter, uh, chapter 16, verse 23. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, what you ever, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now... He's talking to his disciples. You have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. Let's finish with a bit of application, as expressed in his word. Let us therefore come boldly in his name to his throne. Resolve to be bold in your prayers. We're coming before the king of the universe and all things. Come boldly in his name. He has invited you to do so. He wants you to. And he will provide abundantly for you. I'll close with a quote from John and 1 John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. All over the New Testament, all over the Old Testament, for that matter, we have God abundantly blessing those who are faithful to him. Therefore, we need to be faithful in our prayer life, faithful in our regular life, faithful in all things. And we should go boldly before that throne, asking for things that you don't ordinarily ask for. Do not be afraid. This God invites you. I'm not even going to tell you. See there how sneaky the preacher is. Some things that I have prayed for. They're bold. Some of them may be wrong. <laughs> I'm not sure. 
But I came boldly to the throne. And I said to the Lord, Rose, you'll remember me sometimes saying this in prayer meeting. Lord, I have no control whatsoever on these issues. But you do. And now, Lord, we pray that you'll deal with this awful reality that we're seeing. I can't. Can you solve the social problems of our country? Can you preserve the people of our country while God is judging it? Do you think that God is judging America? I think we're in deep trouble. Is it because maybe we've left off like Israel did and we're not faithful? Perhaps. And I am exhorting you and encouraging you to put a stop to that and to enlarge your prayer life and be bold as you approach the throne of grace and ask for the things that you need. We all have great needs. I have needs. My dear wife has needs. Our families have needs. Oh my. Where do we go? To the very God that we have trusted from the beginning. He's the one that can provide. And even if he doesn't choose to do that, which we would like to see out of it, we know comes good. I know it's hard to, it's hard to really kind of get in your mind. We've all been through some rough, difficult issues and times. And out of them all, God has delivered us. Somebody was rude enough to ask me how old I was. I'll be 82 on Memorial Day. Not the Monday, but the old Memorial Day. Do you remember that? May the 30th, I'll be 82. I've been a diabetic and a heart patient for nigh on to 55 years. The only reason I'm here is because of the largesse of our God. I owe him everything. I'm embarrassed at myself sometimes when I go down to prayer. When after I quit praying, I sense that I have settled for too little. I'm here to take the same advice that I'm giving you from the Word of God. Enlarge your prayer life. Be bold before the throne of grace. Ask for those things that you desire in faith. My Bible says he will grant them. Remember? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, first we repent for the times I do personally 
for the times that I have approached the throne of grace and done so with less than large expectations. I have learned from your word that I'm not right in that regard. And I'm sure that there are some here that have experienced the same thing. Lord, tonight, be in our hearts and minds by the Spirit and teach us to be bold with our prayers and ask in faith, never wavering. This we ask in Jesus' name. Thank you.